AEW Dynamite Go Home Show. Yeah, it did the job. It didn't do anything extraordinary, but actually, I like that because it concentrated on the wrestling, and the wrestling was pretty good. I've had some problems with Dynamite and its wrestling angles recently. That sort of continued here. There were a few things I thought we don't need that. First of all, I've, I've talked about this elsewhere in the podcast, but Tony Khan, delighted to be there in the ring with Tony Shavani, and uh, announces that, well, first of all, picks up the fans. He's over, overexcited, his voice is breaking. It's great. He gets emotional, he shouts, and then he tells us he's buying ROH. Great move. Really good news for ROH and for wrestling this, actually. And listen to my podcast to find out why I think so. We then start with a great match, which is, it's about ROH, really, because you've got Brian Danielson, ROH Scion, versus Christopher Daniels, ROH Scion. They match each other early on, even though Daniels is 51 and has got eye trouble because of apparently an attack that the books gave him. Um, Danielson gets dirty, starts to pull on the nose. It's very nice. He does hit a lovely uh, springboard moonsault to the outside as well. Um, does does uh, does Christopher Daniels, and then because he hits that lovely moonsault as he's got, and then looks at the camera as if to say, oh, "Did I do that?" It's really nice. Back in the ring, lovely bow and arrow from Danielson. He knows what he's doing, and he started to tell the the ref, "I have till five. That will be his ROH claim. Love it. I love that link back." Christopher Daniels hits a blue thunder bomb with a bit of a travel, which meant he didn't have complete control of it, I don't think. And Danielson landed a bit, a, in a bit of a difficult way, but it was really good to see, I have to say. They traded punches and slaps, of course they did. Danielson hit a rolling elbow strike for a long two, and then they went counter for counter until the best moonsault ever from Daniels, which is lovely, countered into the, into the triangle sleeper for Danielson. Daniels went out, not to the shops or to the pictures, the cinema. He became unconscious and Danielson did the pose. That was a great match. Then Danielson did a bit of a of a, um, a chat about ROH and then ruined it all or uh, extended it all by stomping Christopher Daniels, which brought out Moxley. Who wants to fight? Danielson won't. And quite right too. Now, next we have the second battle royal for the face of the revolution ladder match tag team thing. I don't know. I've lost control of this. Um, I think it was supposed to be the second match from last week. But then if you've got the second match from last week, didn't we have Santana and Ortiz in that match? Anyway, this was all right. There's not a lot you can do in battle royales when people are over the top and if their feet hit the floor, they're out. But then you have to eliminate both of them, which I like for the tag team to be eliminated. There's not a lot of moves you can do, but it's interesting to see who comes out. Because there's there's people I thought, oh, are you still there? So first of all, we've got Top Flight. Dante Martin with his brother returning, Darius. It's great to see, actually. Then the acclaimed Dark Order, both 10 and Alan Five Eagles. And um, Alan Eagles immediately gives us a standing slice bread. It's beautiful, actually. Then the Butcher and the Blade. They've been forgotten, haven't they? You see, join the Andrade 
Hardy family offence and be forgotten. Private party, I'm looking at you. Then you get, um, when Alan Angels came, it, it goes out, he's thrown. I, I didn't see who threw, who threw him out, but he's thrown all the way up the walkway, but halfway up there. Then the Varsity Blondes. <clears throat> yeah. Then Bear Country. Remember them? They dominated for a while because they're big. Santana and Ortiz get big pop. They were there last week, weren't they? They throw Bear Country out in short order. Then Best Friends. Hang on, are they still a thing? Thought Trent Barretta was going on his own and leaving his best friend Chuck behind him. Yeah, it does seem like that, doesn't it? But here they are. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson next. Uno picks Stu up and immediately, as they come down the ramp, just throws him into the ring on everybody else. <laughs> That's just great. FTR hit the big rig on Bowens and then Grayson. The books are in, followed by the wingmen. I thought Avalon had gone. But Peter Avalon was no longer with AEW. Then the gun club are in. They're in for about 30 seconds and then thrown straight out, I think, by the books. Then Brock Anderson and Shotty Lee. We've not seen them as a tag team really very much, have we? Then 2.0, they're the last team in. Some surprises there. So what happens eventually is that Top Flight do well, the books are doing well, Redragon are out, that's O'Reilly and Fish, to sort of help the books against the, against FTR. Oh, I forgot to tell you, FTR are in. You heard that with the big rig thing, didn't, didn't you? Yeah, they come in first, I think. And then um, Darius and the books are the last ones left. Is that all or is there more than that? Oh, anyway... You've got um, a very nice, well, a graceful, standing Spanish fly from Darius. Matt eliminates Nick by mistake. I mean, not on purpose. That would be ridiculous. Um, then there's a punch between um, between Matt, uh, between Nick and Darius on the apron. Matt hits the low blow because he's allowed to. It's quite nice, actually. He does the, um, the foot between the legs thing and Darius holds on to it. So that's quite nice. And then a super kick. Matt wins and the Jurassic Express are out and nothing happens. Oh, go to commercial. That's basically it. Then Jericho's doing his usual heel stuff to get the Kingston rub because he may say that he is the best thing in or he is the top or whatever he wants to say, the demo god, whatever. But actually, Kingston is more over than Jericho at the moment. People may sing the Fozzie song, but you know what? Kingston gets more of a pop Jericho does at the moment that's disappointing for Jericho surely for him to get that rub now you know I hear podcasts and I've said this about the last week's show when they had their altercation in the ring people are saying oh well you know Jericho will big up Kingston and Kingston will will therefore get the well Kingston's done it all on his own to be honest and he's already got a lot of interest from fans before he came to AEW he's already got his own story doesn't need Jericho. Jericho really is just riding on his coattails. Then we get Santana and Ortiz. It's a bit weird, really, because they've been daggers drawn. They suddenly appear. They fist bump him. He says, we all right? And they leave without saying anything. It's a bit weird. It's almost as if they'd gone too far previously. Now I think we need to pull this back because we need a few more weeks of will they fight, will they not fight, and all that. Okay. He is a real disappointment. Because last week, you know, if you've heard the podcast, how much I loved MJF's promo. And one thing I didn't want to see was that this will be just a bait and switch to lure 
CM Punk in and make CM Punk look good. That's what it's all about, making CM Punk look good, it seems to me. And it was a bait and switch. He came out, am I the bad guy? We don't really care. I don't think management know, I don't think writers know, I don't think you know. I think you're just seeing what gets you more cheers. It's standard, MJF comes in, they have a bit of a chat about, you know, was that real last week and all that kind of stuff. MJF hugs him, he hugs him back, and then there's the kick, as as expected, it's the Heat Seeker draping DDT, then Wardrobe and Spears come out with a chain, wrap it around his neck, they hang him from the ropes, he's wearing the Crimson Mask, Sting and Darby then come out because they ain't got anything else to do. It's a real disappointment because that was such good work from NJF last week and it just seems that it was all for the usual carny wrestling stuff. When something is elevated, when something is better, it's a shame when they then go back to the usual. And this is usual as well. Keith Lee, doing, it's the same thing as last week. I thought they were re-showing the same, the same altercation that they had last week. Keith Lee with Starks and Hobbs Starks doesn't make the ridiculous claim that Team Taz run things around here because I think we don't need to hear that again. I think he got, I think there were enough, I think he must have heard the laughter where, you know, from, from the building really or in the building. They don't want Keith Lee on Rampage. He's going to have a tune up match on Rampage because he's part of the face of the revolution ladder match. And they say you shouldn't be at Rampage. It all seems a bit silly, to be honest. It's dead quick, and it's not ideal. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez, on the other hand, rather good. A bit of a knockdown and drag-out affair. The crowd aren't really into it very much. Great double-teaming on Baker. A nice Baker sling blade. Martinez hits a T-bone suplex. There's a massive slap from Thunder Rosa to Baker. And then, the crowd are into it by now. A great driver from Rosa to Baker, and she gets the pin. Which is nice because they'll be fighting at Revolution, won't they? Now it's picture in picture, so what can we do during picture in picture? Get Sammy Gravara out with his cards. God, basically it was, I didn't need any help, I won on my own, I didn't need the inner circle to help me. Thank you very much Darby, you did it on your own as well. I'll be really pleased to fight you. And by the end of it, clearly he's looking at, um, at someone who's doing the wind up thing because the last three cards go round in a millisecond. Uh, that's one, that's one, that's one. <laughs> it's just not good. I don't know who's saying to him, we can continue this because it's really popular. I don't know anybody who likes it. Next, Wardrobe versus Cesar Bononi. Now, it's a shame really because Nick Camerato on um, on Rampage is as big as Wardrobe. Bononi's bigger. Bononi's not, a good, not as good wrestler in my view as Camerato, but Camerato went for him a bit and it might be nice to have had a bit of that. But they didn't. It went about two minutes. There were three power bombs. He got the pin. Spears and Wardrobe squared up, which caused later on. Actually, there's a very nice moment when, Squ- when Squeers, Wackford Squeers, the Dickens for you. When Spears won't even look at Wardrobe. That's quite nice. Later on, it's going to make MJF say, Don't you forget you work for me and slap him. They really, really. They're really signalling this, he's about to turn face stuff. 
I suspect he won't, and I suspect it's a red herring, because they're really going for it as much. If he does turn face, it's not ideal, really, because they've they've really shown us. He might, he might as well be wearing some kind of day-glow jacket with I'm turning face on it. Buddy Murphy then does his uh, House of Black stuff. So in the middle, you've got Malachi Black not speaking. Brody King knows what he's doing. Buddy, when he speaks, doesn't have the kind of dramatic delivery for it. He doesn't, he seems a bit out of place. Brody doesn't. Malachi Black, of course, doesn't. Buddy just doesn't seem like the right sort of fit for this group. Maybe they're going to play on that, but that promo was not good. And now we've got Adam Cole. In fact, just so you know, they obviously had a predetermined time to walk back into the shadows. Brody King goes, Buddy Murphy's left there and has to kind of take a quick step back because he'd forgotten to do it, maybe. Or maybe Brody King went first. Maybe they're right. You went before you're supposed to. You were too late. But anyway, it weren't good. Your main event is Adam Cole and Reed Dragon versus Page and Silver and Alex Reynolds. It's a good match, actually, this. It's, it's a good, tasty, well-done wrestling match. For instance, Silver and Reynolds work very well together. They get applause for the work, for that work. Fish worked on Page's knee. Page and um, Cole shared pinning combinations. They really matched each other, which was nice. There was a nice Page fallaway slam and a powerbomb to O'Reilly for a long two. Page and Cole then eventually, Page didn't really want to engage, you know that's going to happen. They eventually go nose to nose, and everybody gets in and they're all hitting each other. And then Cole turns around into a huge lariat. Not the bookshot lariat, but a huge Page lariat. Cole eventually, again, eventually wins with the pin from the leg lariat on Alex Reynolds, because he's the one who can afford a pin. You couldn't really do it on Page, and you couldn't do it on Silver either, because they're really over. Reynolds isn't. And then they tie Page with tape and beat his mates up, and he has to watch. There is a lovely moment, actually, where uh, you've got Page taped to the ropes, and then in the mid-ring, you've got Cole sort of doing a bit of a raven. Um stance really so he's doing the arms out while behind him you can just see in the camera page with his arms out because he's been taped so they look really similar but clearly the champion denuded and that is really nicely done for revolution there was some good stuff here it was busy some stuff didn't work the wardrobe stuff for me doesn't work at all they're really, really signalling it, and either they're going to swerve us, or they're going to do it, and either way, I'm going to be bored with it, because it's been so obvious. Face of the Revolution um, ladder match, Royal Rumble, I don't know what it was, that was alright. It was nice to see some tag teams getting a day out, it's lovely bus fare, and, and some sandwiches, and a match, that was good. But the first match, Danielson versus Christopher Daniels, was just great. It's great that Tony Khan has brought ROH. I, I fully endorse that. Jericho, very interesting where he's going, because I really do think, and I think I'm probably one of the ones who's on my own here, there are many of us, think that he is actually using Kingston to get a rub. And the MJF stuff with CM Punk. CM Punk drags down MJF. MJF did great work last week. 
and Punk kind of dragged him back to a standard angle. That's what CM Punk is to me, standard. And when he's here, the whole thing seems like a standard wrestling promotion. And it isn't. Just look at Britt Baker and Hater, Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Just look at that main event. It can be so much more. It's just a shame that with some of the people that they've got on their books and that they are pushing, it can't be. I'm going to look forward to Revolution, but I'm not looking forward to all those matches. And I think you know why. Ta-ta.